Hello, friend, and welcome back to Everything Belongs, a podcast exploring the subtleties of living, creating, leading, and thriving while in the deep end of life. And I don't know about you, but things have felt very deep end of life for me as of late. There is so much up for me personally right now around change, around honestly my schedule just being busier than before. Um, I'm traveling every weekend in May and I'm very grateful for the opportunity to do that, to go on retreat, to celebrate my partner's birthday, and then also to celebrate my grandmother. Um, She passed away and we're having her celebration of life. So really rich, beautiful things, but goodness, it is full. You know, my partner just moved in. I'm so happy about that. And then work is, you know, picking up in a certain way. It feels like that happens every spring into summer for me that we kind of come out of our cocoons and we start to do the creative things that we've been wanting to do. I know personally, I'm launching some things, creating some new things in the world that will come out here soon. And it has been so all consuming. Like my, my life is so rich and consuming and that's where I you know, wanna spend the majority of my time and my brain power. And also my work has been so full creating this new offering and writing. Those of you who've been receiving the five-part email series, Alive Again, you already know about this because I believe the final email comes out two days from this podcast being released. If you haven't been privy to the five-part email series, you can still access it. So I would would love to share it with you. Um, But we've, we've been talking about how to move through life with backwards wisdom, with fool's wisdom. And I think... The busyness of life for me right now tells me to slow down. You know, the slower I go in the busyness, you know, the more gets accomplished, the more rich everything becomes. And, you know, slow down to speed up, backwards wisdom. And I think that's the same with the Alive Again series. It's really, you know, writing it has been so beautiful teaching me gosh, I love doing this work because this is what it always does. It teaches me again, the things that I've been contemplating for, you know, a couple of years and fool's wisdom, backwards wisdom. That has been one of my greatest teachers to orient to all the things that are happening right now. Like they're not a problem to orient to all of my neuroses and all of the things, the patterns, the, the emotions that I don't love about myself, like I'm already free. And to be able to access that freedom in every moment, even when I'm deeply uncomfortable, right? So that's what we have been exploring inside the Alive Again series that has been, hopefully, from the feedback I'm getting, it is helping people shift out of overwhelm and relate to reality with with wonder and wisdom and a willingness to engage from your integrity. So if you, if you're someone who's like, I haven't gotten these emails, I can make sure that you get them. You can go to madisonmorrigan.com backslash alive dash again. And on that page, you're actually going to find a link to sign up for the upcoming free workshop for alive again. So if you haven't registered for the workshop, please go do so. It is going to be a live experience of teaching, of celebration, of community, and of ceremony to help us all shift out of stagnancy, to move some of that stagnant energy, to reclaim your wonder and feel alive again. It's 100% free. It's Wednesday, May 24th. 
in the evening, so 5.30 p.m. Central Time, and it's 90 minutes long. And yes, there's a replay if for whatever reason you can't make it. In this live workshop, I'm going to be consolidating and amplifying all the things I've been sharing in the free email series. Because we naturally make innocent mistakes that keep us from wonder and willingness and wisdom. And I'm going to be identifying the three main ones I see in myself and in all of my clients that like we can easily do something different about. I'm going to be sharing five mindset shifts that will support you to shift from stagnancy and overwhelm and into a more spacious way of being. And then there's going to be space for journaling, contemplation, sharing, as well as a simple ritual and embodiment practice. We're going to cut some cords. We're going to complete outdated agreements, release grief so that you can feel seen and celebrated in your authentic expression, that you can unmask the parts of you that I imagine over the last couple of years you've been coming to terms with, and that you can let your true self be seen in the world. And For me, in doing this and unmasking and letting my authentic true self be seen, I feel more connected to spirit. I feel more connected to my creativity. I feel more connected to others. And from this place, I can let life be good. And so that's the invitation. Like, how can we let life be good in the midst? How can we let life be good? And, you know, (laughs) there's so much stuff happening that we don't like that isn't satisfactory. And I want to make sure that you hear me say, like, I know that it's not always safe in the world to be unmasked, to be who we really are in every context. And I know that there's a lot of really horrible shit happening in the world. So to say, you know, it's not a problem and just be your true self. Like, I get that that's easier said than done. So that's why we're hosting the workshop to create more safety in your body that your body would know it is safe to be you. It is safe to be here. It is safe to be now and to cultivate layers of safety in your life, in your body, in your energetic field, so that you are able to be who you really are in the world. And I believe being who we really are in the world, not seeing ourselves as a problem, not trying to fix ourselves because we're not a problem. It gives us access to wisdom and wonder and the willingness to do what we're actually here to do. And now I'm clearly on my soapbox about this because I'm just really passionate about it. So if you are not already registered for the email series or the workshop, go to madisonmorrigan.com backslash alive dash again. You can sign up for the workshop. Again, it's absolutely free. Everything I've just talked about is free. And I would love to have you. It's going to be on Zoom. So you'll be able to, if you choose to, come off of mute and share a little bit about what you're experiencing. If you want to be anonymous, you can keep your video off. You don't have to engage. That's totally up to you. But it's really important to me that this feels communal, ceremonial, and educational, like deeply practical. I want you to have a practical experience that you can take into your life So you can really feel like you know what to do when you're feeling stagnant and stuck. And dear God, have I felt stagnant and stuck in the last couple of years? You know, we are not who we were five years ago. We're not who we were even probably six months ago. And so to realign our life to who we really are today and to feel safe to be that person in every area of our life, it's a big deal. So 
That's the invitation. Come to Live Again, the workshop. I would love to have you. Well, let's dive into today's show. It's all about unmasking your authentic self, which is more of the same, more of the same, because it's really important as we're doing this work to talk about how we can be free to be our true self and let our true essence show up in the world. It, it would, it's not lost on me that there are very appropriate reasons we develop masks in the first place. These adaptive patterns, these ways that we hide our truth. We do that because we need to. We do that because it's the most appropriate response in the moment. So a mask is nothing more than a persona or a way of being in the world that hides what's underneath. And in this case, what's underneath is our tender and luminous, expansive, authentic self. The way I see it is that our true essence, our, our authentic self is the core of who we are. It's like who we are. It's like who, who the divine is expressed as us. And then there are so many reasons that we become disconnected from that and we hide our true identity from the world. Our true identity is sacred. It's the blueprint of who we are here to be and what we are here to express in the world. It's our essence. I believe we all come into the world with a core essence. And over time, you know, we develop programming, societal programming, the ways we develop personality and ego, persona. We, you know, we experience trauma. We develop adaptive strategies to respond to that trauma, to survive. And that's beautiful. Like that alone is grace. And as these things happen, we get further and further from our authentic, true identity. So like, regardless if you have, you know, years of complex childhood trauma or no notable traumas at all, we all get disconnected from our true identity because that's, that's the job of the ego, right? <laughs> that's like, that's the personality. The personality isn't who we are. The ego isn't who we are, but it is something that we all get to navigate in this lifetime. It's part of our earth school. It's part of what we're here to learn. And it's also not a problem. So I want, I want you to hear me say that because so many people who talk about ego and transformation, they act like it's something to kill or to, you know, eradicate from them. It's like another problem that they're here to solve. And the ego is not a problem to solve. It is actually a very beautiful, necessary part of our human experience. And it's not who we are, right? It's like, it's the drag that we wear. It's like, can we play the role well and remember that the role isn't who we are? So when I'm speaking with a client, it almost like it doesn't matter the surface level problem they're experiencing. Like it matters, but it doesn't like whether it's lack of boundaries, frustration in their work, not being taken seriously. If it's a relationship conflict, codependency, people pleasing, fawning, feeling stuck or overwhelmed, so be it, Right. These are usually the surface level problems, the symptoms that people will bring into healing sessions. And usually in the work I'm doing, the core issue is usually that they feel out of integrity with their true identity. They feel out of integrity from where their soul wants to express in their life. And so their habits, their life, their patterns, their personality isn't making room for their truth. And it feels deeply incongruent, which just means like the outside, the the things in our life, the way our life is, doesn't feel authentic on a soul level. Our insides and our outsides don't match. 
And the way I like to think about this is like your current reality is just too small for the full expression of you. Like your purpose is to be fully expressed in who you are, like the on an essence level. And sometimes our lives are too small for that. And sometimes our lives are too small for our desires or our truth. And it is uncomfortable to mask our truth and to pretend and to fawn. It actually takes a lot of energy to suppress our authenticity. It takes so much energy. (laughs) That's why like you get a glimpse of freedom and you just want more and more because to pretend it just zaps your life force. So the reason this is so important to me is because in my personal work in this life, it's been to allow my authentic essence to shine forth. You know, I grew up, many of you know, with a narcissistic parent and with a neurodivergent brain and with a femme presentation. And so there's a lot of programming that goes into that experience. So as a young girl with a very bold, big spirit who was really sensitive, I felt like I had to dampen myself and perform to get love. Like I was just willing to become anything and anyone and I could do it well to make sure that I was seen and that I was loved. So my persona, right, or my personality became a high achieving, very successful, likable, popular person. But you guys, I was so disconnected from my authentic self. Like I didn't know how I really felt. I didn't know what I really wanted. I just knew what would get me, what I thought would get me love. Like so much so that I didn't even know I was queer. I I could not feel my body. I was in multiple abusive relationships because my body trusted other people's opinions of me more than I trusted myself. So I, I would have these hits of discernment and then not listen to them because I was so deeply questioning myself. I was so desperate for love and for approval that I would adopt other people's desires for me. And what was so tricky about this, right, is like I could do it really, really well. It's like a gift and a curse to be able to become whatever is required for the moment and be able to do it so well that you confuse it for yourself. And so, you know, over the last decade, it's taken me a decade of work and healing to get back into my body, to feel safe enough to discover who I really am and to actually feel safe enough, not just to discover it, but to express it in my life. It doesn't happen all at once. To unmask my authentic self, to gain access to my true desires, my values, my needs, and let that be the place I move from. This like level of integrity Gosh, it has been a work of devotion. They say you teach what you most needed to learn, right? Like this is what I've most needed to learn, how to be who I really am in the world and trust that she is enough. So like that sounds, gosh, I say that. I'm like, that sounds so cheesy, but it's true. It is so true. Like there was a very young part of me and still is sometimes who is like, I have to perform something other than me to be loved. And that has required and really asked of me to feel the deep-seated shame in my heart, the fear that as I am, I'm not lovable, that as I am, something might be wrong with me, that I must be more or do more or create more to be worthy. And gosh, you combine that with owning a business and under capitalism, like that is a recipe for losing yourself. (laughs) Like, especially like personal branding, my God, like, the way that my business and my personal brand 
led me away from myself and also led me back to myself, right? It was both. So as my mentors say, a fixated, a fixated thing is not free. It's fixated. It's fixed. And I was fixed on creating a self rather than revealing myself, right? That's what personal branding is. It's creating a self, not revealing a self. I would decide who I wanted to be and just become them really, really well without ever asking my heart, who are you? What do you want? What do you need? And so that's why whenever I talk about living our liberation or living our truth, it all comes back to the authentic self, to your true identity, to your essence, because there is a version of you that remembers your fullest expression. There is a version of you, not even just a version of you, the core of you that is untouched by trauma, that is untouched by adaptive patterns, that is untouched by persona. And that core of you, I believe, is felt vibrationally, spiritually. It's the, it's the part of you that people can feel. You know, they, like, it, Maybe you felt this about other people. You're just like, I just love their energy. Something about them like radiates goodness. That's the essence. You can't, you can't fake that. You can't perform that. Essence is. So it's felt vibrationally. It's felt spiritually. It radiates from presence and from the heart space. And gosh, getting into presence and getting into my heart space has completely transformed my relationship to, well, first of all, myself, and then radiating out from there to other people, the layers of like the depth of intimacy I'm able to have now, but it takes time. It takes time to unwind from all the people that you've been taught to be that you, that you thought that you had to be to get love, right? Especially if you had any kind of good girl, good boy kind of programming that like you've associated being good or being a certain way with if, if I'm good or if I do this, then God will reward me or my parents will reward me or society will reward me or then I'll belong and then I'll be accepted. Those are really compelling stories. There's a lot of proof that goes into those stories, especially in our culture. So it takes devotion, so much devotion to move your life in a direction of your integrity, to disarm your heart and to have the courage to let your true self be seen. And my friend, it's so worth it. I want to read you a poem. I actually shared this poem a couple months ago on a live, a different live workshop. And it was so meaningful to share it at that time. I had just written it and it feels really appropriate to share it with you now because it's a poem about my own unmasking journey. And so for those of you who are neurodivergent, or for those of you who have a tendency to fawn or mask or habitually become who others want you to be, or who just don't feel safe showing people the truth of your sacred heart, I hope you can feel yourself in this. And I just hope you notice what happens in your body as I share. Okay. I didn't begin with fences around my heart, barbed wire outlining the edges of closeness, Trip wires so subtle, telling me to dampen down before they can spot the muchness. A rule book so long, I've spent decades studying it. I'm exhausted from beating them at their own game. 
In the lighter days, I danced like a fool in public. I was as fragrant as a bed of roses, albeit without thorns. I wrote letters of love daily to those looking in at the cool kids' table. I sat on both sides, unsure to which I belonged. I didn't know it was considered immature to be so free. I'd wear hot pink oversized shirts and butterfly shoes one day, and then be sent home for a much too short miniskirt and high heels the next. What gives? I'd overshare, but then be quickly forgiven as I painted rainbows and hung them in the classroom. It's cute until it's not. Like a fairy prancing in her own world, I'd say, something good is coming, I know it. I believed it wholeheartedly. A showgirl, except I wasn't putting on a show. I didn't know yet that trust is what makes one untrustworthy. Earnestness bled from me and spilled over onto everyone I knew. I'd raise my hands in worship and write poetry about the goodness of God. I lived in truth, saturated in kindness, benevolent love all over me, inside and all around. Good graces followed, mostly because I ran them down. A compulsory chase. I just couldn't help myself. I followed gratitude everywhere like it could be mine, and it was, jotting down for one whole year every single thing that brought me joy. I still have that journal, the list of things I love. My prom photo, the one with the baby fat cleavage that left me by 17, is taped on the cover. I didn't know yet, despite what they say, it's actually a faux pas to love yourself. Tacky, really. Overly sensitive and usually too loud, I didn't know when to stop talking. Thankfully, I hadn't yet been made aware I should care. I was free to be. With delight, I followed my golden cord. Never once did I exhaust myself. I miss those days. This was before I was given guardrails and zipped up into excellence. Before I knew how the pretty girls should act. Trust me, I had to be put in my place a time or ten. I was better before I was able to interpret the language of their subtle remarks. Before I could perceive their exhaustion. Before I realized no one was laughing when I was joking, they chuckled when I wasn't. Are they laughing at me? I'm so funny, but no one knows. I started to see the space between us. Soon enough, but far too late, I realized my place in the inverted world. I know what their gaze means now, and it hurts. I'm alone in my joy, isolated in my awe, frozen in my goodness. I learned their secret language and the backwards truths they preach. In the inverted world, sincerity is a weakness. An openness may as well be a crime. Upside down, honesty is worse than a slap in the face and curiosity only makes you vulnerable. Once I understood, my starry gaze turned dull and flat like the face they're scared of. I took their notes and I became fluent. I stopped dancing because the onlookers begged me so. I dressed in black and beige, bleached my hair, a cat eye to boot, because appearance is a tool and beauty is a currency. I acted dumb and asked too many questions. I already knew the answers. Mindful not to speak of my joy unless asked. Mindful of my appearance and all the endless ways others may experience me and did. I became neurotic and self-obsessed, as to not seem so. 
I fed the ego of the hungry ones, curating a self that would please them. They hated me for it. Too perfect must be fake. What do they expect? This is what happens when you study their language more closely than they do. I put away childish things. I locked them up deep within. Shame on you, the fool. And now I can't find myself. Their icebox has me dead inside. Generative joy buried underground, a waxy plastic plant in its place. Slowly, Mother God found me there, in the fertile soil of darkness. She nurtured what looked dead and composted the rest. That's the thing about Earth, the fungi, the mycelium. Her logic is inverted. God, the fool, where you least expect to find her. And that's the beauty of nature. Not even barbed wire can withstand her time. Spring is coming. And as the leaves dance away, I see one lone green sprout bursting forth, receiving the grace of the sun. This one is willing to worship first. So there you have it, my friends. This messy, beautiful, humbling, heart-expanding journey of living in your integrity. It's full of grief. It's full of hope. It's full of returning to something that maybe you lost a long time ago. It's maybe returning to something that you thought wouldn't be accepted. I know that's my experience. In writing this, it really revealed to me the depths of how afraid I was to let people see my sacred heart, my earnestness, and rightfully so, you know, uh, when you experience abuse or bullying or being chronically misunderstood, it's scary to let people see your true essence. And there are spaces, your heart being the first space where you can become the safest place for your fullest expression, where it can become so safe to celebrate the truth of who you are. So may Mother God find you. May she renew your soul, heal your shame, and support you to peel back those layers to let yourself be seen, your true self, to let your true self be seen. The more you you are, the safer you will be. So thank you for listening to this today, for listening to my poem. I, uh, you know, I'm a constant writer of poetry and personal writing, and I don't always share it on, especially on the podcast, but usually I'd never share it publicly in the way that I'm writing it. And so it feels vulnerable to share it and to share just like my heart. But I really trust that the more me I am, the safer I will be. So thank you for listening if you're here. And If you haven't registered for the Alive Again email series and the Alive Again workshop, please, please, please do so. I would love to have you join us live. There are five emails that you can read the archive of if you missed that, which kind of read more like a mini course. And the fool archetype, if you might've heard me talk about in the poem, really is that backwards wisdom that prompted this entire series of how do I live my authentic self in this backwards way that some might think is so foolish, but I know it's the most wise way of living. It's the most connected to myself and connected to God way of living. And I want to invite you into that way of being. So the Alive Again workshop one more time is on Wednesday, May 24th at 5.30 p.m. Central Time. It's 90 minutes long. 
If you sign up, you will get access to the replay. But if you can, come live because it's so fun to get to gather with you live and do these workshops and to teach live. It's like my favorite thing to get to teach this live. So in doing this and coming to the workshop, I think you might find that you'll have more access to joy, more access to feeling alive in your fullest expression, in the feeling of like a light kind of joy, a levity in your joy and a depth in your wisdom at the same time. So madisonmorgan.com backslash alive dash again. Would love to have you. If you're enjoying the podcast, please let me know either in an Apple review or message me on Instagram. I love getting to hear your feedback, like what lands for you, what you're taking away. And in the words of my grandmother, Rose, who I will be celebrating tomorrow at her celebration of life. I will talk to you later. 